Um, today's reading is taken from Galatians 5, verses 1 to 15, um, and it's up on the screen and also in the service leaflets. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await, by faith, the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offence of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Thanks Lisa. Good morning everyone. Great to be with you this morning. If you keep your Bibles open to Galatians chapter 5 or your leaflets open, that will help you to follow along. Uh, and there's an outline on the inside of the leaflet as well. well maybe you're someone who identifies as a Christian, or maybe you're, you're just here this morning checking church out, working out what it's all about. Either way, would you say that being a Christian makes a person more free or less free? Now, to be honest, my personal experience growing up as a teenager was that being a Christian made me feel less free. Uh, there was a, a time cost, giving up precious sleep-in time on a Sunday morning, um, but also a lifestyle cost missing out on things that other people were doing that looked fun, or doing them and feeling guilty. Uh, being a Christian, kind of, it, it felt like a trade-off. felt like I was living a restricted life now for a ticket into heaven. A bit like, a bit like suffering through a strict diet to get a, a real slim body at the end of it. Not, not much fun at the time, but a, but a good outcome. I came to change my mind on that pretty drastically, though, and I'll, and I'll tell you why in a moment. Um, but maybe for you, though, being a Christian or, or even just the thought of becoming a Christian doesn't seem like a promise of freedom. 
In the passage that we've just read, we've heard that uh, we were called to be free. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Uh, so we're going to unpack that this morning, and we're going to see where it lands for us today. Now, if you're joining us for the first time, Galatians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the Galatian church. It's a church uh, that's been influenced and led astray by false teaching. Uh, the first couple of chapters of Galatians are historical. Paul is reminding them of the history of the gospel message, where it came from. It's a message that came from Jesus himself. Then we get to chapters three and four, which are the theological bits. Paul is explaining the content of the gospel message, uh, that we're not slaves under the law, but we're children of God through Jesus. And now in chapters five to six, Paul is getting to the practical. He's applying the gospel message. And he wants the Galatian church, and us today as well, to know what true gospel freedom looks like. It means that we're free from being justified by the law, but we're not free to ignore the law. Free from being justified by the law, but not free to ignore the law. And you'll see that those are the two points on the outline. So firstly, we're free from being justified by the law. Paul tells us that we have a choice between two paths, two ways that we can try to be justified before God. One of those ways, verse four, is to try to be justified by obeying the Old Testament law. So earning my way to a right standing with God. So it means that I'm saying to God, look God, I've done what you've asked. You have to accept me now. And going down this path, at least for the fellas, meant getting circumcised as a first step. So that's one path to justification. The other path to justification is Christ. So verse five, awaiting, not working for, awaiting by faith the righteousness for which we hope. Talking about righteousness and justification here, but both of those words come from the same Greek word. Um, they, they mean the same thing. So a right standing before God means God looking at me and saying, I accept you. That's what it means to be justified. So two paths, being justified by the law or being justified through Christ. And these are two opposite, incompatible paths. You you can't have a foot in both doors here. Look at verse two. If you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Verse four, trying to be justified by the law is to be alienated from Christ and falling from grace. Why? Well, because verse three, if I get circumcised and I seek to be justified by obeying the law, then I'm obligated to obey the whole law, every word of it, without fail. So basically what I'm saying is, God, I've read all the T's and C's and I think I can do it. I think I can live a good enough life to please you and to save myself. But of course I can't, no one can. We don't even live up to our own standards, let alone God's standards. Now I might think to myself, look, I know I'm not perfect, but but I make a really sincere effort. I try to be a good person. God would have to be happy with that. Now that sounds really good, doesn't it? It it makes God seem like a really fair, relatable, easygoing kind of a God. Um, Can I say though that 
if that's what you think, if you think all I have to do is live a, live a decent, sincere life and God would have to accept me, well, you've invented your own God in that case. We have to be real about what the Bible says about God and what the Bible says about sin. God made people to be in relationship with him. We rejected God. We chose to live under our own rule instead of under his rule. That's what sin is. We chose to look for freedom outside of him. Though, when you think about it, what could be more freeing than living the way that our creator made us to live, which is in relationship with him? If God made us to live a certain way, then, then why seek our freedom outside of him? It's a bit like if I refused to put oil in my car, right? If I, if I said, look, I know the, the specifications say I'm meant to, but this is my car. Mazda can't tell me what to do. It's probably not going to end well, is it? It didn't end well when I did it. <laughs> now, of course, sin, sin isn't just a dead end for us. It's, it's a huge insult and rejection of God. Our relationship with him is broken. We're under his judgment. And yet he wants us to come back to him. He wants, he wants us to be in relationship with him, to know the true freedom that he offers, not the imitation that we've chosen. And so he sent his own son to die, to bear the punishment for that sin. So that instead of the impossible task of trying to earn our way to a right relationship with God, we can trust that Jesus has done what I couldn't. We can put our faith in, in his death and his resurrection to achieve what I never could. That's what it means to be a Christian. It means believing that Jesus has died to make me right with God, building my life on that and, and by his Holy Spirit, awaiting, not working for, awaiting righteousness. That day when God will declare me right because of Jesus. On that day, we're not going to stand before God and list off to him all the good works that we've done because they can't save us. We sang in our, in our opening song today, I approach the throne of glory, nothing in my hands I bring, but the promise of acceptance from a good and gracious king. Paul talks in verse 11 about the offense of the cross. The gospel is an offensive message. Because it, it takes human achievement out of the equation. Everything we've earned is, is out of the equation. It tells us that, that we're not good enough on our own. It's unflattering. It's offensive. But what would you rather say when you stand before God on that last day? Would you rather say, God, here are all the good things I've done. I hope it's enough. Or would you rather say, God, your son died so that I could be right with you. I know it's enough. You can see, can't you, how these, these two paths are, are completely incompatible. I can't trust in Jesus alone for my justification and, and at the same time go about trying to achieve it myself as well. Because once you go down that path of trying to earn your own salvation, you're rejecting the grace by which alone we can be saved. So can I ask, do you know for certain that Christ is enough for you? Do you know for certain that his death was enough 
but there's nothing you do right that, that contributes to your salvation. And there's nothing you've done wrong that's too much for his death to cover if your trust is in him. If there's even the slightest doubt you've got about that, even if you're sort of 95% sure that's right, but you're not quite sure, have a chat to someone. Have a chat to, to Chris, to myself, to, to anyone else who you, who you know and trust. We'd love to open up the Bible with you and show you the assurance that we can have in Jesus. It's Jesus who says to us, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Cast your burdens on me. You don't need to slave your way to earning salvation. It's impossible. It's a weight that you can't bear. But I can, Jesus tells us, and I did on the cross. I carried that burden so you don't have to. From verse seven then, Paul draws his attention to the false teachers who had targeted the church with their message that Jesus alone is not enough for us to be justified. You have to be a Jew to be saved, these teachers are saying. You need to obey the law as well. So they're, they're basically saying to, to be saved, you need to have faith in Jesus and do this and this and this and this. And Paul recognises the serious danger that they pose to the church because they're keeping the Galatians from obeying the truth. They're presenting a contradictory message to the gospel message of grace that Jesus has called them to follow. And like yeast working its way through a batch of dough, their, their message is spreading throughout the church. They're, they're throwing people into confusion. Paul gives a, a grim warning of the fate of these teachers, the severe penalty that they will pay. And um, in a verse that you, you don't see this printed on Kuron coffee cup, cups or calendars or anything too much, but he, he wishes that they wouldn't just circumcise themselves, verse 12, but, but they'd go the whole way and emasculate themselves. If you missed the kids' talk I did on this at 9 a.m., you've really missed out. I'm, I'm just kidding, I chickened out. I did a different verse. <laughs> Thought I couldn't, couldn't quite handle that. Um, but perhaps this, this might seem a bit kind, a bit unkind, a bit crude on Paul's part to be writing this, uh, but it flows out of his deep love for the church. See, to tell people that, that works are needed to be saved is to say that Christ dying wasn't enough. He hasn't quite covered everything. And you can see what a, what a dangerous, destructive message this is. Paul certainly could. His, Paul's heart here is the same as the heart of Jesus himself. Jesus who tenderly, gently welcomed all the little children who came to him, uh, but warned of severe consequences for anyone who caused one of these little children to stumble. Better for that person never to have been born, Jesus says. What freedom we have. The freedom of not having to earn our way to God because God has provided the way for us through Jesus. Is it flattering to us? No way. But is it true freedom? Absolutely. What could be more slaving than, than going through life 
wondering if I've done enough, wondering if I'm going to get there on that last day and, and find out whether what I've done has been enough or not. What could be more freeing than knowing that someone else has done enough for me? I said at the start that I, I grew up feeling like being a Christian made me less free rather than more free. It was only when I was 19 years old that I came to, to really understand the gospel message for the first time. I'd always gone through life thinking that I had to earn my way to heaven by living a good life. What a weight to carry through life. What a life of fear and uncertainty that creates. Of course I didn't feel free. If you're here this morning and, and, and that plays into your thinking at all, that you, that you need to earn your way to God, then I'll bet you don't feel free either. But when I came to realize that we're saved by grace, through faith, not by our own works, that Jesus has done what I never could. Well, I can't tell you what a weight that was lifted off my shoulders. Notice Paul's command there right at the start in verse one. Stand firm in this freedom. Don't let yourselves be burdened by a yoke of slavery. He's saying to them, you know that Jesus died to make you right with God. Why let yourself be burdened with the, the weight of trying to justify yourself? We need to, to stand firm and be on guard against any thought that, that our right standing with God depends on us. But of course, this, this same heart attitude can play out in different ways, can't it? I wonder, are you, are you consumed by the need to be better? Do you find yourself consumed by the need to, to get better grades, uh, to be a, a better spouse or a better parent, to be more popular, to be more successful in your work, to be better in any other way? Well, the freedom that we have in Jesus is that none of those things ultimately define us. Now, I'm not saying that we can't set expectations or, or goals for ourselves, but we have to view those expectations through the lens of the gospel, knowing that my worth in God's sight is no greater if I achieve these things, and it's no less if I don't. Another question perhaps to ask ourselves is, how do I respond to unhappy circumstances or to unanswered prayer? Am I ever tempted to, to use my good works as leverage with God during those times? God, how could you let this happen? I go to church every week. I, I lead a small group. I serve heaps. I invite my neighbors along to evangelistic events. You owe me this. You owe me this. Do you ever feel like God owes you something? Even, even if you wouldn't say it to him directly, is there ever that, just that subconscious thought that God owes me something that he's not giving me right now? Can you see the heart issue that lies behind that? Thinking that, that what I do, what I achieve, should shape the way that God responds to me. The reality is that God has already given us infinitely more than he could ever owe us. He's given us his own son. In Jesus, we're, we're free from the impossible weight of being justified by obeying the law. And yet we're not free to disregard the law entirely. Verse 13, we were called to be free, 
but we have the responsibility to use that freedom in a way that honors the one who made it possible. Don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh, Paul says. That is, don't use it to sin. And when you think about it, how insulting, how insincere, how contradictory would that be to know that Jesus went to the cross to bear our sins, to free us from the impossible burden of trying to earn our own salvation, to know his great love for us, to know what our sin cost, and to think, great, I'm free to keep doing those things that nailed him to that cross. The cross should be a source of immense comfort for us, but only as it drives us towards repentance, only as it drives us to to turn in disgust away from my sin that Jesus died to deal with. Again, we sang this morning, and when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in that on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. We can't look at the cross and see a license to sin. So don't use your freedom to sin. What should we instead use our freedom to do? Verse 13, to serve one another humbly in love. What does this have to do with the law, we might ask? Well, verse 14, Paul tells us the law is fulfilled by loving one another. The law still matters. It matters because the law shows us God's heart. It shows us what God desires for us and in us. He wants us to serve one another in love as the commandments of the law point us to. And we saw that back in verse six as well, the, the faith by which we're saved expresses itself in love. Now, the entire law, as Jesus said, is about loving both God and our neighbor. Um, But Paul's intent here is clearly to apply the gospel message to relationships. Perhaps because he knows, verse 15, that people in the church are devouring and destroying one another. Which again shows, doesn't it, the, the freedom of living the way that God has made us to live. Serving one another humbly in love is something that's mutually beneficial. I think we, we, it's kind of self-evident that a church community that's doing that will be a much nicer place to be. And yet sin so often leads us away from it. We want to be served. We don't want to serve others. Pride gets in the way. We, we love ourselves more than the people around us. And it naturally leads to a destructive breakdown of relationships when everyone lives like this. True freedom is found in living how God created us to live. Fulfilling the law, and yet doing so not because we feel we have to earn our way to God's favor, but because it's our joy to live for him in the way he made us to live in response to the grace that he's given us through Jesus. Here's the thing though, we can't do this on our own. We can't do it on our own, we need help. We've got our weekend together next week, but the week after that we'll continue in Galatians and we'll, we'll look more closely at how the Holy Spirit equips us 
to live for God's glory. But for now, if you're someone who has put your trust in Jesus, if you've embraced the freedom that the gospel brings us, the freedom that the gospel alone offers us, how are you using your freedom in the gospel to serve others humbly in love? What might that look look like for you this week? to serve others humbly in love. Is God's grace something that's just, just a nice comfort for you, just a, just a nice assurance for you to have? Or is it something that, that drives you to love and to serve others, whether that's in your home, here at church, or, or out in the community? We began this morning with the question of whether or not being a Christian makes you free or not, whether being a Christian makes you more free or less free. And I hope that you come away from from here this morning knowing that in Christ, we're free from the burden of being justified by obeying the law. But we're not free to live sinfully. Rather, we're free to live in the way that we were created to, in loving relationship with God and each other. Freedom from the guilt of sin is not freedom to sin. Now, we still live in a fallen world. We're still going to sin. The fact, the fact that sin is still there in our lives shouldn't cause us to, to doubt our assurance. But, but freedom from the guilt of sin is not a license to sin. Rather, it's freedom to, to live obediently and unburdened, serving one another in love, in light of God's grace. Let me pray for us. Loving Father in heaven, Thank you for the freedom that we have in Christ alone. Thank you that we don't have to go through life trying to earn our way into heaven, trying to earn our way to our salvation and our justification. Uh, That's beyond all of us, and we, we thank you that you knew that and that you sent your son to do what we couldn't do, to be to make us right with you. So please. Help us not to live with that burden on us, that that burden of earning our own salvation. Help us to live in the freedom of knowing that we're saved by faith in Christ because of what he's done for us. Uh, But please help us not to take this as freedom from obeying the law. Please please help us to, to see the way that you've called us to live, the way that you've made us to live, and to find our joy in living that way, living in loving care and service of one another and in love for you, not to earn our salvation with you, but to glorify you, to enjoy you and to live as the way you've made us to live. Looking forward to that day when we'll be perfect in your presence with Jesus. Amen.